Can I just pray? Father, thank you that we have access to your presence 24 hours a day, Lord God. Thank you that we can sit in your presence, Lord God. We can, we are welcome, Lord God, and uh, it's not an obscure place, Lord God. Thank you that we can live there and abide there, Lord God. It's, we're not spiritual tourists who visit now and again, Lord God, but that's our home. Lord, we can be with you in your living room, which is your throne room, Lord God, and we can relax and yet, Lord, reign from there as well. So, Lord, Lord, I pray this morning, Lord God, that I would put myself in the way and at the same time get out of the way, that you would have reign, Lord God, to, by your spirit, just come and speak to our hearts, transform our lives. Lord, make a difference this morning, Holy Spirit. You are the difference. Lord, I pray that you would take your word and uh, cause it to be sharp and, uh, and even barbed, Lord God, that it would pierce our hearts and stick and irritate <laughs> and inspire and convict and build up and excite the whole nine yards, Holy Spirit, of what you want to do this morning. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So, uh, just before I get into the, the uh, sermon, you know, one of the greatest things, I've shared this before, it still thrills me. One of the greatest things that was ever written by a man was uh, by a guy called Bill Shakespeare. He said, uh, it was Hamlet who said, to be or not to be, that is the question. Whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortunes or to take arms against the sea of troubles. And then it gets misty in my mind. Uh, uh, by opposing and them, I think it's something like that. And sometimes that's a big question for us. And I just feel this morning that that's a question for some of us. To be or not to be. What's it all about, Alfie? Sometimes you ever get like that. What's it all about, Alfie? Uh, I just can't be bothered. I'm just so tired and weary that the big question is to be or not to be. And, uh, and, and we all suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. Isn't life outrageous sometimes? Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> For me it is sometimes. It's just outrageous. You know, if, if, if the, the devil wants to kill me, life seems to be against me. Uh, all kinds of things happen and it's just outrageous. We all suffer these We all there. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what reminded him. Uh, slings and arrows, probably. But you know, this morning, I, I want to encourage you, wherever you are, if you feel as though you're, you're living thin and it's really difficult, and that question is, is, is loud in your mind, to be or not to be, I want to encourage you to be. Take up arms against these sea of troubles. Because just beyond that, that veil is your victory. Please don't give in. The devil will want to steal and kill and destroy you and what God is doing in and around you. And so I just feel that's for someone today, just to don't give in and don't give up. Uh, you're in a fellowship here. We're all fellows in the same ship and we all suffer 
similar things, outrageous things. And uh, so please just stick with it. And uh, anyway, there you go. I've uh, titled this sermon, just two words, but just how interesting it is if if you change these two words around. The two words are church building or building church. Just two words and just transposed, they can mean such a big difference. And this morning, I was reminded of, uh, oh, you know, sometimes I, I always want to be gentle. I always want to be, uh, feed you with milk and bread and meat in bite-sized chunks. I always want to, sometimes I want to put it in a little mixer and moolie it up so it's a bit of a milkshake. That's my heart. But I know that sometimes I come across as a bit uh, bold, if you will. And, uh, you know, a long time ago, standing here, I I preached. And uh, I was full of ifs, buts, and maybes. And it might be God, and God might be. And I was a bit rubbing my hands together. And uh, I sat down after the meeting. A man, I won't mention his name, I I said I wouldn't. He was wearing a hat. (laughs) He said to me, really? He got a sword out and ran me through, basically as is his want sometimes. Good on you. And he said, don't ever do that again. Don't ever do that again. Don't ever apologize. You speak as the oracles of God. And that was 25, 30, whatever years ago. And, uh, and so it's been a journey of me not being apologetic. <laughs> and so uh, I just want to bring as, as a pure word of God as I can this morning. Church building or building church. You know, I believe this is a prophetic word. I believe that this is what God is saying right now. Uh, We can come to church every Sunday to the church building. We may have been dedicated here. We may have been baptized here. We may have been married here. We may have been buried here. We may volunteer here and we come to the church building. Or maybe you come because it's building church. Maybe you understand and you know that this is the very body and bride of Christ. Do you know what? Some truths need to sink like like Luke Skywalker going down that passage on the Death Star and it went down and nothing happened and then all of a sudden there's a we are the very bride and body of Christ (laughs) a holy thing under construction and consecration I think that's a pretty profound and powerful thing to both know and experience. That you and I, if we're born again of the Spirit of God, we are the very bride of Christ and his body. Do, you, do we take that for granted, people? Do we, do we, 
do we, does that make us swoon? Or is it just, yeah, go to church. I'm part of the Church of Kingsway. Yeah, it's really good, actually. It's, you know, it's speaking tongues and we preach the word. And the... Within the verses of Matthew 16, 13 to 19, Jesus said something. He said, I will build my church. But you know, that statement, I will build my church or my, my ecclesia, cannot be taken in isolation. It's not. I'll get my key ring out because I've got a rabbit's foot on it. And I'll rub that rabbit's foot. And I can chill out and take it nice and steady. Because Jesus said he will build his church. Got it there. Oh, relax. Steady. Steady, Eddie. Eddie. But that statement, I will build my church has a narrative to it. Please read Matthew 16. It has a journey to it. It has a revelation in it. It has a purpose and a directive within it. Does anybody know the story? Jesus was, took the disciples miles out of the out of way, miles out of the path that he was, his trajectory for a, a couple of days was altered quite extreme to go to Caesarea Philippi where there's a physical place there. You can Google it and have a look at it. There's a physical place there called the gates of hell. And there Jesus asked the disciples, who do, who do men say that I am? And some says Jeremiah, John the Baptist, one of the prophets. But who do you say that I am? Who do you this morning say that he is? And Peter gets a revelation and says... You're the Christ. You're, my God. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. Oh. And Jesus says, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my father. And on that, on this journey, within this context, what I'm showing you spiritually and physically, that cave over there where they used to throw babies down and sacrifice to the demonic and they were terrified of this wicked place on that revelation on this journey within this relationship I will build my church can you, can you get the sense of that this is not a whimsical statement that can be whispered in isolation Jesus will build his church, so chill out. Within the context of that story, and then he says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom. And whatsoever you bind or loose will be bound or loosed. Do I come to a church building or am I about building church? Do you know, if you want to say amen, anytime you can, if you want to punch the air or jump up and down and do somersaults because you're excited in God, I'm okay with that. Now, I know some of you are assimilating some of what I'm saying because you know, we should be able to throw the magic boomerang around and just pause, shouldn't we? Sailor, think on that. 
I think it was Augustine said that the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17 in the Amplified says this. Every scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration and profitable for instruction, for reproof. Has anybody got a black marker pen? I just want to sort of maybe blank some of these things out. Every scripture is God-breathed, given by inspiration and profitable for instruction, for reproof. You don't hear much of that in the church today, do you? And when we do, 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 do we get offended? Thank you. Sometimes we do, don't we? We get offended. You know what I mean? We're, we're so, we're so are we, can I say this in church? Are we so snowflake? But Jesus said, on this, I will build my church. If you want to come to a church building, this is a nice, warm, cozy building. But if you want to come and build church, I think we need to take note of these scriptures. Can I get an amen anyway? <laughs> it's very lonely up here, you know. Uh, <laughs> I love you guys, honestly. And it's profitable for instruction, for reproof, and conviction of sin, for correction of error. You're glad you came this morning. So far, so good. And discipline in obedience. Is this heavy, Rob? <laughs> discipline in obedience. Training in righteousness, in holy living, in conformity to God's will in thought, purpose, and action. Woohoo! There's no coming to the church building this morning. This morning, we're about building church people. This morning, we're about building church you as church ecclesia called out ones so that the man or the woman of god may be complete and proficient well fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work that's good and there's good news at the end there you know that word there well fitted is when a quartermaster on a boat would have a list and goods would come on the ship they would have a journey, a long journey to go on. And the quartermaster would sit there and go, yeah, we've got salt, we've got lemon juice, we've got rum. That's the only thing I could think of. <laughs> we've got meat and veg and all the rest of it. And the word of God is there for us to be thoroughly fitted out for the journey. Is anybody journeying still? I haven't arrived, I've just left and I've decided to carry on going in all of the slings and arrows and the outrageous fortunes. <laughs> and the word of God here speaks very plainly and clearly about us building church. I'm going to share some scriptures in Ezra and then Haggai. Or Haggai, how do you pronounce it? Haggai. Ezra's easy to pronounce. You know, Ezra starts off about the exiles returning from Jerusalem, from Babylon, and they begin to rebuild the temple. And they are resisted by their enemies. And the work was delayed for 18 years. 
And then the work resumed. And all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for correction, for reproof, for training in righteousness. Do you know, I know there's some people here this morning who you are or have been in exile. And anybody listening to my voice on the download, they might do. The people here, and we've all been in exile at one part of our lives or not. Exile when we didn't even know God. But then we get to become part of his church and we become sophisticated and life gets busy and all kinds of things flow this way that we have to deal with. And to some degree, I know, you know, on Tuesday nights we've been saying in the prophetic people, you shouldn't say, thus says the Lord. You should say, I believe God might be saying (laughs) to keep it round. Well, I'm going to shoot myself in the foot. Thus says the Lord. There are people here this morning that I'm confident you're in exile and there is a call upon your life that is saying, come back to Jerusalem and get involved in building temple. There are people here today who there is a call upon all of us to some degree, but some specifically, you this morning are here, not by coincidence, but by God incidence. And God is saying, get with the program. Stop coming to church and come and be church. And maybe there's an invitation and a call to us all to come up higher in these things. Because exile is not good. God is calling us back to build church. And there's been resistance. And guess what? There'll be resistance tomorrow. I'll probably go home and get texts and phone calls. (laughs) There's always going to be resistance. And we can delay the building of the temple. The building of the church. So let's look at some scriptures in Ezra chapter 5. Just verses 1 and 2 in the Amplified says this. Now the prophets Haggai and Zechariah, son of Iddo, prophesied to the Jews in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel, whose spirit was upon them. Then rose up Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, heir to the throne of Judah, and Jeshua, the son of Josedek, and they began to build the house of God in Jerusalem, and with them were the prophets of God, Haggai and Zechariah, helping them. You know, on Tuesday nights at uh, the sessions that Tino, Tino and I have been doing, uh, a prophetic people, the content and the delivery hasn't been 100%. Respect, brother. The content and the delivery... <laughs> The content and the delivery have not been 100%. But let me tell you something. Thus says the Lord. (laughs) I am convinced 100% that what we're doing, what we've been doing on a Tuesday night, has been the call and the will of God upon this church. Hallelujah. To know, to speak, to pray, to proclaim 
to demonstrate his living eternal word. That's the call upon this church, in my humble opinion. Steady good. That's the call upon your life today to be a prophetic people, to be in the Spirit on the Lord's day, speaking, prophesying, praying, demonstrating His Word. There's a holy call on all of our lives. I'm just going to read from uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 to 9. Please listen to the Holy Spirit. I'm just, I don't want to get in the way this morning. I'm just standing here as some kind of conduit with a personality and an accent and a history. And by the time the pureness of the word of God hits my heart, it comes out slightly different. We prophesy in part. But please, listen to Holy Spirit, what he's saying to you. Come to him then, to that living stone which men tried and threw away, but which is chosen and precious in God's sight. Come. And like living stones, be yourselves built into a spiritual house for a holy, dedicated, consecrated priesthood to offer up those spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable and pleasing to God through Jesus Christ. For thus it stands in the scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a chosen, honored, precious chief cornerstone, And he who believes in him, who adheres to, trusts in and relies on him, shall never be disappointed or put to shame. To you then, who believe, who adhere to, trust in and rely on him, is the preciousness. But for those who disbelieve, it is true, the very stone which the builders rejected has become the main cornerstone. And a stone that will cause stumbling and a rock that will give men offense. They stumble because they disobey and disbelieve God's word. As those who reject him were destined and appointed to do. But you, if you want to, I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. You know, I've stood on the cop at Liverpool hundreds of times. I've punched the air, I've jumped six foot off the ground. I've hugged strange men that I didn't even know. When we scored a goal, I got so excited and lost inhibitions and sang words that were a covenant. We're brothers. And Ian Rush is the best things that walk the planet. Are you, is any, these truths are magnificent. These truths of who you are and what we are are outstanding. But if you just come to a church building, they're not going to affect you as much as they should. But if you come to build church because you are part of it and proactive in it, they will explode on the inside of you. You, I'm a scally from Bootle. A snot, thanks. I'm a, I'm a snotty-nosed kid 
who just ran around with his socks by his ankles playing ollies, who used to go down the docks and pinch peanuts off the wagons. And, and I'm, I'm nobody and nothing. And I was on a skateboard going to hell. And somehow, in the mysteries of his grace, the light shone and I saw that he is Messiah. That he is the saviour of the world. And he said, I've put my love upon you. And I, and I melted. And I cried. And I, I've told you, I bit a hole in my lip. I pierced my lip. Because I didn't want to show it. And here's these truths that you and I don't come to church. We are church. Who are built, being built up into a chosen race. A royal priesthood. A dedicated nation, God's own purchased special people that we might set forth. We have the honor and privilege of setting forth the wonderful deeds and to display the virtues and perfections of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. I win. You win. What a glorious thing. People of God, what a glorious thing. What a wonderful situation. That we are called to be all of that. And I heard a really good sermon recently. It was fabulous, honestly. The speaker was wonderful. He spoke about being latent Oh, blatant. <laughs> it says here, there seems to be two words in the Amplified. Those who disobey or those who display. <laughs> those who disobey and those who display. I think that's good. I think it's a little play on words, but I think it's good. I think there's loads of truth in that. People of God, when we disobey, we fuse ourselves out from the displaying his virtues and perfections. Though he has called us out of darkness into light. Is anybody getting this? Listen, when we obey, we display. You are called to display the virtues and perfections of him who called you out of darkness. Get out of it. That can't be true. That can't be true. Can it? It can't be, can it? Can it? Really, can it? Can it be true? Can it? Thank you, God. That's true. Whoa! Listen, Christmas has come early. That's... I, can't, I, I am staggered. My ghast is flabbered. <laughs> it's in there somewhere in Greek, I'm telling you. My ghast is flabbered that he has called the likes of me to display the virtues and perfections of him. <laughs> if the gospel isn't bizarre, you are not understanding the gospel. 
seriously. The gospel is ridiculous. There is no scale that we can put it on. It's not just good news. It's good news that's almost hard to believe news. That the likes of you and me are called into this great commission to be his church. Not just to come church, but to be fibrously part of him. To display his virtues and perfections. That's just, I just find that amazing. Absolutely. Dogs can only hear me. Amazing. But there's, there's something heavy about this. Not heavy condemnation. But there's a heavy kabod about this. I had a picture not long ago. I might have shared this. That I was walking. And you couldn't see my footprints. In, it's not the, the footprints one. You couldn't see my footprints in the sand. And it was because Holy Spirit on me wanted to be more heavy. Kabod. Glorious kabod. Ichabod, the glory has departed. Kabod means a heavy weight of glory. And I said, God, I'm getting something. I want your presence, your glory on me. Kabod, heavy, so that I make an impression in the sand. Do you get that? So that I, my life is, is making an impression, an imprint in your life. And anyone else I come in contact with, that's church. <laughs> that's, that's our privilege and honor, as well as our responsibility, to have his presence so heavy that we... So that we, we actually make more of an impression. Reinhard Bonnke died and went home to be with Jesus yesterday. There's a gap. Serious. Somebody's got to. Why not you, Mike? Why not? I'll tell you why not. Because we come to the church building. Because we don't understand who we are. As church. And get involved in building church. This magnificent thing. Look at yourselves. You're magnificent. Oh, there was some doubt there. There was. There's doubt and unbelief in this room. Rob. We are. My God. We're the church of the living God. We are the body of Christ we are the bride of a groom is on his way coming to get us back. Who's preparing even now for a supper and an eternity with him. Get in. You know, Liverpool are going to probably win the Premier League this year. No, don't speak to you. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly, Nita. Exactly. I've lost my point now I was going to make on that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, they will. It's not a pantomime. We get involved in such trivia, absolute trivia, and we lose the jewels and the preciousness of what's real on the inside of each one of us. 
because we get involved in tosh, dross, nonsense, flibbity-jibbit stuff, or important stuff. It's not always the sin that robs us of things. It's sometimes what's good robs us of what's best. And we need to focus in the Holy Ghost of what God is saying to all of us this morning. He's calling. There's a holy call. I'm not preaching this very well. But there's a holy call on each one of us to come to this place and be involved in building church that might be evangelical, Get them in. That might be pastoral. Sort them out. (laughs) Whatever and however, you have a part to play as a living stone in the building as material, but also with your trowel and your sword in hand. Are you are you in? In 1979. Not necessarily physically, but I signed my name away like that. 15th of September, 1979, I went like that, dot. That was it. Covenant. Maybe we need to get some of our (laughs) covenants out. Have a look at the small print. Because this is not about you. Oh, did I say that too sharp? It's not about you. This is not your history. It's his story. Or me. Anyway, it gets worse before it gets better. Listen to this in Haggai. I know you've heard this before. Haggai chapter 1 verses 3 to 9 says, Then came, and Haggai was one of the prophets who encouraged with Zechariah the people to build Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your panelled houses while this house of the Lord lies in ruins? Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways and set your mind on what has come to you. You have sown much, but you have reaped little. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you do not have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. You earn wages, put them in a bag with holes in it. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways, your previous and present conduct, and how you have fared. Some of you might be thinking, well, that's all covenant. It's all about grace now. Well, 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. And God gives an instruction in verse 8. He says, go up to the hill country. And bring lumber and rebuild my house and I will take pleasure in it and I will be glorified, says the Lord, by accepting it as done for my glory and by displaying my glory 
in it. You looked for much, and behold, it came to little. And even when you brought that home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts, because of my house, which lies waste, while you yourselves run each man to his own house, eager to build and adorn it. I, uh, I don't know what to say about that. I just want to present it to you. I don't know what to say. I think that's probably one of the heaviest words in the Bible, really. And uh, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And, uh, but I just feel there's something in that from God. Does anybody else? This house is not in ruins, but we need to see it like God sees it. We need to see it in the, in the light of his light. We need to see this as the bride of Christ. And are we getting ready? Are you getting ready? Are you purifying yourself? Are you consecrating yourself? Are you interested in the person who's sitting next to you? Psalm 127, verse 1 and 2. It says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain who build it. Oh, <laughs> I just wanted to pause there and give some, some light relief. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. It doesn't say you don't have to labor. It doesn't say that. It just says you labor in vain. It's not about frantic activity. It's not about being busy. It's not about programs. It's not about lists of things to do, but it's about relationship. It's about motives. It's about Holy Spirit, as Tino shared today. I don't want us having the bat and no ball. That's just ridiculous. It's about Emmanuel. There's good news, you know. <laughs> I hope so. You know, God has been speaking to us, maybe forever. But if I can highlight over the last couple of months, God has been, speak God has been speaking quite specifically to us as a church. Which, is, any, is that all right to say that? Would you agree with that? There's been a shift may I say, there's been a, a, a new direction, there's been a cutting away, a circumcision, if you will, to sharpen us so that we move and have our being differently. I think it's a great opportunity that God has given us for this time right now. It's not guaranteed. It's not it's not just down to God. We need to continue to engage with all that he's doing and saying. And dare I say, not just engage, but to ramp it up. To change gear. To put our foot on the accelerator. To dilly-dally. Or to say, when I'm less busy, or when... I buy a house or when I get married or when my kids grow up and leave 
or whatever. But I can say is an excuse for the now. Does that make sense to you? Verse 12 of Haggai chapter 1 says, Then Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, son of Jehozadech, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people who had returned from captivity, they listened and obeyed the voice of the Lord their God, not vaguely or partly. Hello. Not vaguely or partly, but completely according to the word of the prophet. Since the Lord their God had sent them, the people reverently feared and worshipfully turned to the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, spoke to the Lord's message to the people saying, I am with you. Wow, come on now. God is with you. I know that your flesh and my flesh is saying right now, I don't know whether I can do that. I don't know whether I'm up for that. Well, what about this and what about that and what about that and my Auntie Jane and my Uncle Joe and it's Christmas, of course. We've got a general election. We've got Brexit to sort out, haven't we? And da 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 Verse 14. You know, what Tino shared is really important this morning. I really would encourage you to find a new way with the Holy Spirit. Continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be introduced to him and let him introduce himself to you. Verse 14, it says, And the Lord aroused the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of the remnant of the people. It's not just Rob and Tino and the elders. So that they came and labored on the house of the Lord of hosts their God. And this is a new way and a new day. You know, when I used to meet, in, we used to meet in Gordon's house in the 1979 and the 80s or whatever. It was brilliant. You're not going to top that good. It was fabulous. Listen to this. Haggai chapter 2. Verse 3. It says, Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? And how do you see it now? Is it not this in your sight as nothing in comparison to that? Yet now be strong, alert, and courageous, O Zerubbabel, says the Lord. Be strong, alert, and courageous, O Joshua, son of Jehoshadak. Be strong and courageous and alert, Rob Pyatt, etc., etc., the high priest, and be strong and alert and courageous, all you people of the land, says the Lord, and work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. According to the promise that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit stands and abides in the midst of you. Fear not. Verse 9. The latter glory of this house with its successor to which Jesus came shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace and prosperity. That's a good promise, isn't it? It was great in 1979, 1980, 81, 82. It was fabulous. But today is the day 
when God is doing a new and dynamic thing today, right now, right here, right now, with you, with you, with you, on you, through you, to you. He has got alongside you and says, tick your man. It's down to you. You, not just them, it's down to you to work and to labour on building his house, to display the wonders of his virtues. I just feel as though God wants to give us a chance to respond. And uh, I've done, basically. You know, just to, just to pray someone's gentle prayer is, uh, is nothing of itself, is it? But when something on the inside is stirred by the Spirit of God and you, you respond either within your heart, physically, whatever, but sincerely and authentically, when, that, when, you, when those two things happen, there's an explosion. There's something dynamic happens in the Spirit. Something might happen immediately that you know and you feel. But let me tell you, whether you feel anything or not, something happens. And God then does something different in your life. I believe angels are sent and are commissioned when we respond. So I want to pray. I just feel as though I want to give everybody a chance to respond to whatever God is saying to you this morning in that. So if you want to stand, if you want to kneel, if you want to sit down, I don't care. I just want to pray, but I want to give you a chance to respond if you want to. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. <laughs> Holy Spirit. For every heart that is responding to you, for my heart, Lord God, come Holy Spirit. Come with all your building materials. Come with the fine sandpaper. Come with the JCB and the diggers. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit with all the silver and gold and precious stones. Come Holy Spirit with the blueprint. Come Holy Spirit with the, the direction. Come as the foreman of the site, Lord God, and the laborers in the site, Lord God. Come and speak to each heart, Lord God, who has responded to you. Come and give us instruction, Lord God. Come and inspire and excite us, Lord Holy Spirit. Come and tell us. Come and send us. Come and woo us. Come and equip us and mobilize us, Lord God. But Lord God, let us be responsive and responding to you, Lord God. That this building, Lord God, might take shape and might give glory to Jesus, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, it won't be just an edifice, Lord God, but it will be all that you want it to be. Dynamic, powerful, world-changing, Lord God. Lord God, some here and some you're sending to other places, Lord God. Some you're calling to rise up. Some you're saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. Holy Spirit, please come and do what you want to do. For, for us, Lord God, we say, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Lord, we say, Lord God, 
you're asking who you will send and we're saying here am I send me Lord me not the person next to me but me Lord God Lord God I pray you just explode in our lives from this day forward Lord God that we would never be the same again Lord God Lord God just come holy fire as well and burn off the dross Lord God the wood and the hay and the stubble and that which is contrary to good building Lord God Lord burn it away Lord God and purify your bride Lord God oh Father and I pray Holy Spirit you would do exceeding abundantly more than I could ever ask or think in the name of Jesus Amen <laughs>